Welcome to the Let's See Grandma Career Warrior Podcast. And welcome to the Let's See Grandma Career Warrior Podcast, where our goal is not only to help you land your dream job, but to help you live your best life. Today, we're going to talk about crafting targeted content to help you land your dream job. We'll discuss why this fun job-seeking method can be so helpful, and we'll give you some ideas that you can take away to get yourself out there. Today, I brought on Justin Wynn. Justin is the founder of Get Your Grind Up, a movement to help students navigate their way through college. He's also the host of the Apple Top 100 podcast, Declassified College, where he unlocks cheat codes to thriving in college with bite-sized episodes. Justin has grown his podcast through his LinkedIn content, where he has over 7,000 followers and receives over 200,000 views each month. So I know Justin's going to be amazing, and this episode's going to really help you if you are struggling to get noticed. But first, before we launch into the episode here, if you are in need of resume help, listen up. We are doing a special giveaway through our Instagram channel, where you can win a free personal 30-minute video consultation with me to improve your resume. That's right, it's going to be a free personalized feedback consultation based on your situation to help you land a job more quickly. Here's how you can enter. Head on over to the at Career Warrior podcast on Instagram. That's our handle. Hit follow to follow our account and then like the yellow post that says free resume review. You really can't miss it. So that's two steps. Make sure you got it. Number one, follow the at Career Warrior podcast handle on Instagram. And number two, like the post that says free resume review. If you do both of those things, you'll be entered into a drawing and we'll randomly select a winner next Friday, August 28th. Don't pass up on this opportunity to get a free resume consultation. Get on over to the gram. All right. Thanks for listening. As always, let's launch right into it with our 167th episode of the Career Warrior Podcast. All right, Justin, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for having me on. It's great to have you on the show and really, really enjoyed our past conversation we had hearing about your story, why you are in the game of helping job seekers. So if you can let listeners know your awesome story and why you are helping them out today. Yeah, of course. So sort of my why, the reason I'm doing all of this is because when I was in college, I was doing everything that I was quote unquote supposed to be doing. I had good grades. I had a near 4.0. I joined the student clubs. And now the next thing on my list was to get an internship. So I applied to like 50 plus internships or something like that. And I didn't get accepted into anything. I didn't even get a call back. And what I realized was there's more to this game of college than just doing things that you're supposed to do. Mm. And over time, by the time that I graduated, I had five internships, three at Fortune 150 companies. And I'd sort of figured out these tips and tricks that not only helped me, but other students in terms of getting internships and good grades and stuff like that. So when I look back, everything that I'm trying to build with Getro Grind Up and my content on LinkedIn and the podcast Declassified College is all to help the younger self of mine. Because Mm -hmm. I know there are tons of students that fall into that same situation of they've grown up, they've been told to get good grades, that's what's (laughs) supposed to lead you to a good job. But why is it then that only about like 25 to 30% of college students graduate with a job using their degree? The stats just don't make sense. So my goal is to become that voice that connects the youth to sort of this career education world. And we're slowly doing that with content. That's awesome. And we really need people like you because 
it's the one thing I feel like I needed in college the most come senior year when it's time for me to get a job is I need to know how to have a good resume. I need to know how to network so I can get that job because not discount every other class that I took, but it's almost like none of those classes actually helped me to get the job that I needed after college. So I just think that the work that you're doing is, it's really important. And I almost wish that I had that resource when I was also in college. Thank you. Thank you. It's it's so funny because that's initially what I wanted to kind of become. And especially recently with the podcast, students, since most of my network now are juniors and seniors or they've graduated college, they reach out to me and say, man, I wish I had something like this when I was a freshman or a sophomore. We know that we're creating great content and it's relevant, but we need to get it into the younger minds of high school students and freshmen yeah. and sophomores so that by the time that they graduate, they've gone through sort of the works of like optimizing your resume, LinkedIn, um, learning how to network and all these things. So it's not necessarily too late by the time they're, it's like their last semester, their senior year or something. Yeah, exactly. And I also like the name Get Your Grind Up, by the way. I think that's genius. <laughs> uh, as someone who started Let's Eat Grandma with the crazy funny names thing, I approve. So <laughs> I love that, man. I love the name as well. Thank you. So Justin, we're going to be talking about creating content today. This is something that can be applied for all job seekers, correct? Not just college students, just people in general who are looking for a job. Of course. Yeah. I mean, the the reason that I want to sort of push content is there's two. For for instance, with LinkedIn is everyone loves to focus on your profile. And yes, it's important to have a great profile. But what people seldomly talk about is if no one sees your profile, then it doesn't really matter. And that's how you can start to bring people to your page is with creating content. And then the second, which again, we will definitely dive into more is the number one thing that recruiters hate is people who lie on their resume. And a way to sort of overcome that that fear of someone lying on their resume is by you creating visual content that proves that you know that skill or you know Excel or whatever that thing that you need to show on your resume is. And you can do that by creating content. So those are the two main reasons that that I always preach you need to create content in some way, shape, or form. Creating content. I think it's it's great. Another thing that we talked about, I think, earlier was the idea that you're you're showing what you're capable of. You're showing off your skill set rather than the resume, which is just this very cut and dry. I mean, don't get me wrong, I love resumes. I founded a company on it. But <laughs> the the problem is it's very easy to almost lie on your resume and just kind of not really give someone a good idea of what you're capable of. And so you're saying that this is a way that we're able to do a better job delving into the skill set by showing that off, correct? Yeah, 100%. I mean, for instance, I I always use this story of one of my internships where we were brought into this one room. It was all the finance interns and we're supposed to be talking about Microsoft Excel. Pretty much every college student knows that Microsoft Excel is a key skill to have on your resume. Yeah. So every student puts it on there. Microsoft thought I put everything. <laughs> right? Whether you're good at it or not, you put it on your resume. And we so we're in this this little room, and the instructor walks to the front of like the the boardroom or whatever, and asks, "Does anyone here know what a pivot table is?" And me, I didn't know what a pivot table was, so I didn't raise my hand. But pretty much every other student raised their hand. And then she asked, okay, who wants to show me how to do a pivot table? Nobody got up because no one actually knew how to do a pivot table. And that's exactly what you want to avoid when you get into a place of work because you don't want to be 
that person that says that they can do something. And then when you get asked to do it, you don't know what you're doing. But the way to counteract that from the recruiter side is let's say you did know how to do a pivot table. You create a Loom video of you creating a pivot table and moving around data on your Excel spreadsheet. And you can send that or you can put that on your LinkedIn profile so that you can show that you know how to do pivot tables on Microsoft Excel. And you've already just overcame that barrier from the recruiting standpoint of, does this college student actually know how to use Microsoft? I love that. I think that's genius. I'm telling you, I promise I would not have thought of this if I was in college, even earlier when I was you know, starting the company, when we were focused on just resumes. I think it's got to be such a good way to make yourself stand out just because not that many people are doing it. I would say the majority of people, right, are probably not implementing these practices fully. So those that are actually making it happen are the ones that are going to be standing out, landing those interviews, getting those jobs. So, Yeah. I mean, my whole thing with the recruiting process is you need to find ways to get rid of as many red flags as possible. And for me, the number one red flag is always, can this person actually do what they say that they can? Literally, you can write whatever you want on a resume. It's just a piece of paper. But if you show me a video, a screen share, a YouTube video of you actually creating and doing something, then I can tangibly know and see that, okay, this person, maybe they don't have the best skill in this, but they have the beginning knowledge and they're willing to learn and willing to put themselves out there. And I think that's super important when it comes to the job seeking. Justin, what industries can I apply this to or what types of jobs? I already feel like if I was a listener listening to this right now and I felt like I had these mental hurdles to overcome and creating content, I might feel like this would be good for someone who's just in maybe just in tech or just in design or something like that. But what industries will this really apply for? Yeah. I mean, to be honest, I think that this sort of applies to any industry that you're in. And the reason that it can apply to any industry that you're in is because school is graded on every industry that you're going into. And what I mean by that is all of the projects that you're doing while you're in school. Now, again, if you're out of school, think back to if you had to get a degree in whatever position that you're looking for. Right. When you're in school, you get graded on an A to F scale in terms of exams, projects, and anything like that. All creating content is, is another project that you have to work on to show that you have that skill. So let's say you're in finance, which people would always tell me, okay, marketing is easy. It's very visual. (laughs) You can create a marketing plan and post it on LinkedIn, right? Exactly. But what about finance? What could you do in finance? And for finance, let's say you really wanted to get into stock trading or becoming a financial analyst at a big bank like a Goldman Sachs, a JP Morgan, or whatever it may be. What I would do is connect with every single recruiter, hiring manager, person in the role that I want at those companies of Goldman Sachs, JP Morgan, whatever. And then I would find my favorite company and wait until they released earnings. When they release earnings, I would take all that data, that information, run through their 10K, put it into a Microsoft Excel sheet, and sort of do my own financial analysis of the company and tell them whether I think the price is going to go up or down or whatever it may be. And then turn it all into an article, put all the information in there, put it out on LinkedIn, and then to all of the recruiters and hiring managers that I've connected to, send that article to them and ask for their feedback. Don't ask for a job. Don't ask for anything like that. But just ask for feedback to see if you're on the right track. Because then they'll tell you like, oh no, at our company, we do this this way. And then you can change that and mold it a little bit 
for the next time that yes. you you do an analysis on a company's earnings and just keep doing that because you're just proving more and more times that you know how to actually do something. Yes. And the other benefit to this, if this isn't enough, I don't I don't know what is, but the other benefit <laughs> to this is how could you waste your time? I mean, how could you really waste your time if you're someone who's dedicated or super interested in finance or financial analysis and you run this report, you do your research and you start reaching out to people, like your skill set's going to accelerate just by virtue of being in it more than ever and you're going to learn more than anything ever. So, genius. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a matter of building and I think just the way that school brings up pretty much everyone is we're not in this place that we want to build things. We just kind of want to do things because we're told to do them. And we have this segment on our podcast called like just advice from really successful people. So we've had billionaires give one to two minute piece of advice to students, people of founders of like Twitch and all these different places. And pretty much every single time that I've asked one of them of what would a student need to do for you to hire them right now? They tell the advice of you need to build something that shows your skill set. And the reason just for that is because whether you're looking to work for the billionaire or you're looking to work for the mom and pop shop in your local town, they want to know that you can actually do the job. And a resume before did a good job of doing that. But as people got smarter, they learned that you can lie on a resume and who knows what kind of can come from that. So that people get are wary about what people say on this on this resume. So just getting over that hump, creating content, just the easiest way to do that. Great. Thank you so much for that. And I want to delve into actual ways, practical ways that job seekers can create this content. So let's talk about the different effective content types that will get me hired and help me to develop my career. Would you like to just hone in on this just for a bit here? Let's start with one. Yeah. So the different types of content, I'm going to focus on the bigger ones because the smaller that you get, it becomes more of creating content just to get your name out there rather than creating content for a job. Sure. So the two big ones would be articles and videos. So think of blog posts and then creating videos. And what you want to think of those two, I'll specifically keep it on LinkedIn because... I think creating content on LinkedIn is the most important place to be doing it because the recruiters and hiring managers are already on the platform and you have a higher chance of someone stumbling across your work rather than if you just post it on your own personal website or even on YouTube. So if you're going to create an article, you want to do something in terms of an analysis type of deal. So whatever skill set that you have, find figure out what skills that you need. And that comes from the job description, right? If it says, you need analysis skills, problem-solving skills, communication skills, presentation, whatever that is. Figure out a way to do that in that article. And then from a video standpoint, you it can be scary to get in front of a camera. I totally understand that. So you don't necessarily have to be the person talking into the camera. You can take a screen share of your video using software like Loom or anything like that, where you can show how you're doing work by adding a voiceover and moving things around on your screen to do that analysis or again, whatever that may be. So that's a way that you can kind of overcome that fear of being on video because I totally get that. It's scary. Yeah. So this is a combination between the article and the video, this technique. Yeah. I think those are probably the two most effective ways to create content. And I would use them a lot because 
when it comes to LinkedIn, I think the stat is only one percent of people create content on a like monthly basis on LinkedIn. It feels right. It feels right to me because there's a lot of people on it and active, and I think a lot of people, especially those who we might be talking to, are like they just can't get over the mental hurdle of creating content for themselves. It's easy to post on Facebook like a picture of you and your your mom or whatever <laughs> or your cat, but LinkedIn, I think people get stumped. Yeah, and. I totally understand where that's coming from because when I was first getting started, I was coming from a student perspective and I was like, why the heck would 30, 40, 50 year old people want to listen to a kid coming out of college? And what I realized was even though my content was college student focused, people felt that I was an expert in that space because I was actively a student and no one knows better than what a student is than the student itself. And they actually wanted to hear from my perspective because they have kids who are in high school or about to go to college or are in college. And they want to understand how their kid thinks, why they're acting like the, these sort of things. So I have a whole bunch of people that are of the older audience listening into my stuff because they want to understand the mindset for their kids. You never realize who your audience is going to be until you just start putting out stuff. Awesome. Know your audience. One of the best pieces of advice that I've learned over my time. And I'm always telling people when they are creating content is really to know who you're going to be speaking to. I say the same thing with resumes. You got to get really targeted at the types of people who are going to be hiring you. So do you have any techniques or tips in knowing your audience or figuring that out? It really comes down to first, you need to figure out Who's in the hiring spot for your job? So whatever that is, right? Is it hiring manager? Is it recruiter? Is it are you going for a smaller company so they don't necessarily have an HR team? So you need to be trying to connect with the person who would be managing you. So I think the first situation that you need to figure out is who is in the role that would hire you from a job seeker perspective, and then re-engineer that in terms of how can you create content that's relevant to that person. If that person Let's say you're trying to work for a food truck company and you want to do marketing, just something completely random, right? And you found out that there's this food truck company in your local town and for some reason he's active on LinkedIn. Start reaching out to him, create some content around here are sort of the top food truck trends around the nation. This is why their marketing has worked and why your marketing isn't. And you can send him that type of article as you're starting to create that content. And I think nice. I think people just don't realize that because they're not coming from a content creation space. And I totally, I totally get that. You're spitting out these ideas like it's nothing. You're like, do this and this. I'm like, dang, man, that's genius. That's awesome. <laughs> I mean, I think the only reason I'm able to do that is because I've been creating content for so long. And I was actually having this conversation with my one of the interns on our team because I asked him to do one thing where it was we have all these episodes for the Declassified College Podcast, I think like 60 plus at this point. And I was like, hey, if we want to move these into YouTube, could we break them down into further videos? And he broke them down to, I think, like 15 or 16 video topics. And I was like, okay, great. Now, how can you turn those 15 video topics into 30 or 45? And he's like, what do you mean? And I'm like, in each of those episodes that you've talked about, there's around three or four big topics. Take those three or four big topics and turn it into three huge topics overall that you can dive deep into. And that's just from the content creator mindset of understanding that everything that you do 
you're doing it for a reason, and you can use that to show it to an employer in the future that you have those skills that you're doing. Because if you think about it from like a studying perspective, companies want to know why you're studying a specific topic because they want to know that you're good at it. And then yeah. in the workforce, if you're learning something on the side, whether it's a, a new book that you're reading or a new program that you're trying to learn, a new coding language that you're trying yeah. to learn, employers want to know that so that they know that you know the correct language when you're applying for that company. Yeah, exactly. It's about showing off that you're competent and showing, not just telling on the resume, which I just love. So Justin, we talked about the LinkedIn article. We talked about also the video with the option to do screen share if you're more on the shire side. Any length tips? Does it really matter how long each piece of content is or does it have to be a specific length? I don't think it necessarily matters how long it is as long as it's good content geared towards your specific audience. When you're creating content from a job seeker's perspective, you don't want to aim for 100,000, 200,000 views. Because if you're creating that sort of content, you're trying to create content for the masses and it's right. not going to be able to really showcase your skills. Right. What you want to do is create content specific to whatever sector that you're trying to apply for and making sure that you're connecting with the right people so that you can send that connection or you can send that piece of content to them. Because let's say you get 50 views on that article that you spent five hours creating. If those 50 views have come from those Goldman Sachs recruiters that you sent out that article to, that's all that matters because they're the ones that are part of the hiring decision. So I think it's less about the optimization of the content and more about the distribution of the content correctly to the right people, making sure that the right people see it. And then secondly, making sure that the content that's in it is relevant to that person that you want to see it, not necessarily to the masses. I love that. I think that initially when I was, you know, I'm a little bit different in the fact that I am trying to create content for the masses because it's a brand, it's a company thing. But even then, just knowing that if I reached just a few key people that needed to hear my message, and if I can just help a few key people, then that just gave me all the more motivation to actually create the thing that I wanted to without caring how many people liked it or how many people ended up viewing it. So I think especially for job seekers, you have a really good point, which is you don't have to get a bunch of engagement. You just need the right engagement. Exactly. And I think people get scared when you see numbers. And on LinkedIn, you can see the numbers and it can be a little bit disheartening. But I would just say, from a job seeker's perspective, again, it doesn't matter about the views. You're not going to get paid for views on LinkedIn. It's not like YouTube. Trust me. I get 250,000 views right now a month and I don't get paid a penny for that. So don't <laughs> worry about the views. It's all about the quality of the views and who's actually seeing it. If you look at the statistics and it's recruiters that are seeing it, hiring managers and CEOs and founders, then you're doing the right thing. Just keep on pushing it out because eventually someone will reach out or you'll meet the right person to get you that job. What about imposter syndrome, Justin? What if I feel like I don't know enough about my industry and I just feel like I'm, I would be really faking it if I was putting articles out in YouTube videos? Like, who am I, you know? Yeah, I would say you know enough to be an expert at what you know. And what I mean by that is, let's say you're in marketing and you are good at email marketing. You were successfully in a past job internship or even just for your personal side project, you successfully grew your email newsletter by 25%. You are now an expert at growing your email newsletter at 25% because you've done it. But you don't want to go around saying, I'm an expert at email marketing. 
because right. you're not. You haven't built right. up that reputation just yet. And I think that's where people start to create that imposter syndrome because they try to reach a little too far when it comes to when they're promoting themselves because they think no one's going to listen to me if I don't say that I'm the, the expert at email marketing or whatever it is. People will listen to you because the person, like for instance, me, if I want to grow my my email newsletter by 25% and I'm only growing at 10, I want to know what you have to learn because your content is probably more relevant to me than if I go and look up Neil Patel's I grew my newsletter by to 100,000 in in 3 days because his content I can't resonate with cuz he has thousands if not hundreds of thousand dollars to to dump behind something whereas you you may just be getting started and we're on sort of the same path there. That is powerful because I think the scope probably would intimidate people but you're saying that if you can hone down on the thing that you've done in the past or the thing that you're specifically good at doesn't have to be the entire genre or category of whatever you're doing, but it may be that one specific thing that you're doing really well. Like for instance, I think when I was, I guess, starting out in management in restaurants, I felt like the one thing that I was really good at is a specific way of training people. So I felt like I had a lot of success, even though I was nowhere near a good or expert restaurant manager, but I felt like I at least had that training down. So knowing that, I think I would have, you know, knowing all this about content, I think I would have created some sort of YouTube video featuring maybe one of my servers and just talking through like what a good training session might look like. Exactly. Like for instance, with that, like your video shouldn't be titled the number one way to train employers in the restaurant industry, but it could be titled how best to train your employers in the restaurant industry using this tactic or whatever it is. Right. You want to get more specific, especially at when you're just starting off, because you don't want to put huge labels because that's when you sort of get that imposter syndrome. I've been there too. I get imposter syndrome all the time. I'm like, why am I a LinkedIn expert? Why am I good at this? Why am I good at that? And it's just it's something that everyone sort of goes through. But if you narrow things down to more of what you know that you're actually good at, you start to have a little bit less of it. Any funny stories from your time online engaging with other people? Just like stories here. Yeah. I mean, I think the craziest thing that has happened to me is back when we could go to in-person events, there were a few times where someone walked up to me and they're like, hey, you're the kid from LinkedIn. And I'm like, (laughs) yeah, this is so weird. Like, It's just completely foreign. You know what I mean? Because we're not used to people walking up to us that we don't know. I mean, maybe the occasional like person that you just forgot and they walk up like, oh, we knew each other in high school or college or something like that. Yeah. Like, but at least you knew them at some point in your life, hopefully. This is like literally complete strangers that I've never even seen or heard of. And they've walked up to me saying, Hey Justin, you're the kid from LinkedIn or you're the kid that creates content around college or whatever like that. And I'm like, that's me. Yeah. It's so it's so surreal. <laughs> surreal. Yeah, but it's great that it happens and I hope it doesn't get to a point where I'm like Will Smith or something. I can't walk around. <laughs> that that would be annoying. But at this point, it's it's cool. It's cool. <laughs> the Will Smith of LinkedIn. I love it. And yeah, there is something about being a little bit vulnerable when you are creating content. It's like not knowing who's on the other side of the screen. But I think overall, there's such a net positive that you're going to get so much more out of it. I want to speak to the busy job seeker real quick, just because I know that's the number one excuse I get whenever I talk about you know creating content. I know it's something that stopped me before in the past, but let's say I am a busy job seeker, executive, whatever. How can I do this practically in just making it happen in my schedule? Yeah, let's say you're you have your own job, right? But you're still on the side looking for for new gigs every once in a while. 
What I would say is you want to start sectioning off your time. That's what's really helped for me. For instance, what I try to do on the weekends is I wake up earlier than my girlfriend. So I'll sit in the mornings and I'll create content while I'm just sitting there or at least come up with ideas. So I'll sit there with just some headphones on and I'll think about whether it's content for episodes, content for LinkedIn, whatever that may look like. And I just jot them all down. And then for ones that I feel like I want to elaborate on, I'll start to write a little bit on. And for those that I don't, then I'll just kind of throw them away or keep them in like an idea folder. But I think just being able to write things down whenever an idea does pop into your head and then setting some time off to the side where you know that you can be creative, I think that's super important because you start to train your mindset of, okay, Saturday mornings, Sunday mornings from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m., my brain knows to be as creative as possible because that's when I'm going to be habit. So I would say and suggest to those who are super busy is just make sure that you put it on your schedule, right? Because if you just say that I'll do some writing later today or I'll create some content later today, you'll probably never do it because by the time that you finish with everything, you're tired and you just want to go to bed or watch that Netflix show or whatever it may be. But if you put on your schedule that you have 30 minutes to an hour on Wednesday nights to create content, you'll most likely do it and hold yourself accountable to that. I'm a calendar guy. I completely that's that's music to my ears because I love to put, you know, things in my agenda because I'm so much more likely to actually accomplish them if I actually see it's it's something that I have to do. So, let's say I want some bit of success here when I'm applying for jobs. Practically how much time is it going to take me? So, practically, I think when it comes to time, it depends on the size of the project that you're looking to build. But what I would say is if you want to optimize it, make sure that you try to connect with the companies first. So then you can then gear that content to the people that you've already connected with rather than creating the content first and then hoping that people from that specific company connect back with you. Because the last thing that you want to do is spend two, three, five, ten 10 hours on an article for a job at JP Morgan, and then no one at JP Morgan connects back with you. So now that piece of content is sort of irrelevant. But if you can connect with people at JP first, then you know that JP people are sort of part of your network. Yes. And you can go back and create that content to then so that you know that they're going to read it essentially. Exactly. And I love that approach too, because it almost goes back to what we said earlier in the podcast of know thy audience, which is just going to make your content so much more effective in the first place. So 100%. All right, Justin Wynn, thank you so much for coming on the show. I want to hear your final words of advice here. If you could tattoo one encouraging message for every career warrior, what would that message be? So I've always wanted to get this tattoo on me, haven't gotten to it yet. But what I want to do is when I say get your grind up right on the audio form, you can see the waves go up and down. And I want to get that tattooed on my arm. And I think that that would be something that every career warrior would be great to have their own, whether it's get your grind up or whatever motivational phrase that you want to say. It doesn't have to be branded by me. It'd be amazing if it chose mine. Great. Um, But if not, totally okay. No hard feelings. But the reason I want to do that and put it on somewhere that I can see every single day is because when I look down at it, I know the meaning of it, but it's not me yelling at other people to do it. And what I mean by that is I always want to be an example for other people. I don't want to just be doing something or yelling at other people to do something. And if I look down at my wrist and I see the waveform of Get Your Grind Up, 
I know that, okay, I need to get my grind up. I need to work a little bit harder to get this job done before I can go tell Sally or John that, hey, you need to get this project in by Friday or whatever it may be. So I think that would be what I would suggest because it's something in the way that it's unique to you. Only you can understand it. But at the same time, when you see it, it motivates you in in a unique way as well. Austin, Justin Wynn, everyone. Thank you so much. You've been an eloquent speaker and just someone who I've enjoyed talking to so far. How can people find out more about you and what you're up to? Yeah. So if you want to learn more about the podcast, feel free to go to getchogrindup.com. So that's G-E-T-C-H-O-G-R-I-N-D-U-P.com. And then if you want to connect with me on LinkedIn, it's linkedin.com forward slash I-N forward slash Justin GCGU. Just let me know that, or just if you connect with me on LinkedIn, send me a connection request saying that this podcast sent you. And then I would love to just have more conversations and see, see what you're about, where your career is going to take you, and any questions that you have about LinkedIn. Awesome. Everyone follow Justin on LinkedIn and make sure to follow me as well. Tag us. If you want to post something about this episode, that would make us so happy. And just tag us and let us know what you learned in the episode here just because we really enjoy connecting with listeners. And what better way to figure out the best content to post than following the person himself, Justin, who's been doing it. So highly recommend that. I think you'll be inspired just by your LinkedIn feed. Justin, you've been an awesome guest. Thanks so much for joining us on the show and have a great day. No, thank you so much, man. It was a pleasure. Perfect. So ladies and gentlemen, this concludes episode 167 of the Career Warrior podcast. I just get so amped up and inspired by speaking to other content creators and especially with the purpose of motivating you as the job seeker and letting you know that it's not just us that needs to be creating content. It's also you. You are your experts in your own domain. You've experienced all these things in the past and it's time that you share them yourself so you can move forward in your career and benefit other people. I will link a couple of other episodes if you found this one to be useful. And I will make sure to accept your LinkedIn requests as you send them as well. So thanks so much for tuning in. This was the Career Warrior Podcast 167. I'll see you next time.